Lord, I just pray today that you would, Lord, as we've been talking about the secret place, that Lord, from the deepest parts of our, our being, Lord, that we would, even as been prayed this morning, Lord, that we would go, let you go deeper, that Lord, our knowledge of you would go deeper, that God, you would just go to the depths of our soul and remind us of your, your great, great love for us, Lord. Lord, I pray that even as Joe's encouraged us this morning, Lord, that even from that deep place where you have spoken to us, Lord, that we could go out from this place with a, a knowledge of you, God, but to let that knowledge out also, Lord God, that we wouldn't keep secret the things that you have done in our lives, Lord God, that God, out of that secret place, you'd help us to boldly proclaim what you've done. That God, we would sing, great are you, Lord. Lord, everywhere we go, that we would be people that through our lives and through the things that we say, the things that we do, that we would say, great is our God. That Lord, we would show people how you've transformed our lives. Lord, we just thank you for your Holy Spirit that works in and through us, Lord. Lord, we, we can feel so small, but we thank you that we have a big God. We have a great God who loves us, who created us and knows us completely. There is no secrets before you, God. And Lord, we just ask that you would lead us. You ask, we, we, we ask that you would capture our hearts, Lord God, that we would know that they're in your hands. And that, Lord, we would go out with, with, with a, a health in our life that we would never know, trying to do life without you, God. Lord, I just thank you for the invitation you give us to do life with you, to know you in our life, not just to know that we're saved and we have eternity to look forward to, but God, that you do life with us, that you sent your spirit to be our counselor, to be our, our guide, to be with us each and every day, in every moment, in every situation. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to hear what your Spirit is saying to each one of us today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Just even before I begin to speak, I just wonder if some people might have something that you need to write down that God's been, been speaking to you about, something that God's just reminding you about. Maybe it's a, a scripture or just a word. Or maybe it's something Joe's shared as she's shared her journey. You need to just write it down that you can remember this thing that God is speaking to you, that you can declare it, that you can write it up on a, a card and stick it on the wall. Lord, I just pray that you'd help us to be sensitive to the things that you speak to us, Lord, that we wouldn't just hear and think, oh, that's nice and go on, but Lord, that we would let those words go deep. And pray this in your name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. So if you want to get a pen and paper out and stop listening to me, that's fine. As long as you're listening to God. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just feel so blessed by what Joe shared and the guys that is just blessing us in with, with music as that we can sing to. I'm just feeling blown away by how great God is right now. <laughs> Thank you, Lord.
Thank you, Jesus. We're going to continue this morning looking at our series on the secret place. And I pray that we can let God go deeper this morning. We can, with God's help, that we can go deeper in our relationships with Him and with one another. <clears throat> That's my prayer. That's where I hope that we are at the end of the day today, that we are just a little bit deeper with one another and with God. I want to read to you from Galatians chapter 3, verse 1. And if you've got your Bibles, please feel free to flick open to Galatians. We're going to be looking at Galatians a bit this morning <coughs> as we continue to look at the secret place. Galatians chapter 3, verse 1. <coughs> he says, O foolish Galatians, who has cast an evil spell on you? For the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made as clear to you as if you had seen a picture of his death on the cross. Let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You received the Spirit because you believed the message you heard about Christ. How foolish can you be? After starting your new lives in the Spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? Have you experienced so much for nothing? Surely it was not in vain, was it? I ask you again, does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law? Of course not. Sorry, I hope you're clicking because I forgot completely. <laughs> it is because you believe the message you heard about Christ. In the same way, Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. The real children of Abraham then are those who put their faith in God. Now, I just want to step back a little bit this morning and look not just at what, Paul, what Paul's saying, but look at what's happening in his life, in his journey, in the, the, in the letter of Galatians. And remember, the first week we talked about how Paul wrote this letter to say, don't go back, what are you doing? Don't go back to the old way. Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. There is no other way to salvation. It's Jesus plus nothing equals everything. It's Him and Him alone. It's faith in Him. It's not works. We do our works in response to what He's done, but it's faith in Jesus that saves us. And he says the true children of Abraham are those who put their faith in God. So many times through the, the book of Galatians, he says the true children of Abraham are people who put their faith in God. He says don't go back. Don't try and do it the old way again. Don't get off track. Don't get distracted. Don't miss what the true message is. But I wonder, how would we have responded if Paul had come in here and preached that message to us? I wonder, how would we respond if we had someone, let's say we invited a guest speaker to come, and they stood up here, and they said, Oh, foolish Colakians! What are you doing? <laughs> How would we respond? How would we take it? Would we be offended and walk out? Are, are we willing to hear the challenge that God might have for us? Are we willing to listen when God rebukes us? I wonder how would we have responded if someone stood and, and, and spoke that message to us as he spoke it to the Galatians? And it raises an interesting point. I mean, what would have happened if Paul hadn't been faithful to, to write that message to the Galatians? If Paul had never said, you foolish Galatians, what are you doing? 
I wonder what the Galatians would have gone on to do. I wonder what message they would have tried to cling to in two years, in five years, in ten years. What would have happened to the people? I think there's a good chance they may have gone completely off track. They, they would have been holding on to a false gospel. They wouldn't have been proclaiming the true gospel. And who knows, the nations that may never have been reached because they didn't stay true to the message. It raises another question. I wonder, who do we allow to speak into our lives? Who do we allow to speak into our lives? And when they say something that we don't like, we go, I know this person loves me and I know I've just got to listen to what they're saying. It's so easy to take offence. It's so easy to be a little bit precious. That when someone says something that we feel like they're attacking us, we can't hear what they've got to say that's actually true and helpful for us. Let's not be too precious. Isn't that right, Darcy? <laughs> I don't know why he was, he was laughing, so I just picked on him. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Who do we allow to speak into our life? Who have you invited to speak into your life? Because you might have people around you, but if you haven't invited them to speak into your life, there's a good chance that they won't feel that you're ready to listen. Now, maybe you've invited the pastor to speak into your life. And that's fantastic. Good on you. But I also want to say I care too much about every person in this room for you to rely on me. It's not healthy for you to rely on me. There's over 250 people connected to CFC and I know I can't support any one of you as well as I'd like to, my wife included. I can't be God to anyone. I am a weak, frail human and right today my body's sore, I'm tired, I feel like I'm possibly getting sick and I'm frail. And you can't rely on me, I don't want you to rely on me. You need other people in your life that you have called to speak into your life. I mean, please listen to what the pastor says. But some of you. <laughs> but that's why life groups are so important. I, I pray that we grow as a church because I want more people in this city to know who Jesus is. But as we grow, it just gets all the more important to be part of a group that you know that you share life with, that you can talk about the struggles you're going through, that you can pray together. That week after week, they're going to see you and they're going to say, how's it going with that thing at the moment? And a month later, they're going to say, oh, how's things going? Because it's hard to do that on a Sunday, isn't it? You go and have a coffee and you talk about the weather and you talk about what you did last week. But there's people around, there's movement, there's interruptions. And I want to ask you, who have you invited to speak into your life? And if you haven't, write it down. Number one, job for this week. Invite someone to speak into my life. In chapter 1, Paul says to us, and it's almost like he's boasting, he's saying, I didn't receive my message from anyone. It came from Christ and it came from Christ alone. And I'm going to preach it because it's the message Jesus gave me. You sort of get a picture of Paul, don't you? And then in chapter 2, it's interesting though. Chapter 2, he, he goes, I'm not going to read it, but he says 14 years later he goes back to Jerusalem and he meets with the leaders again because he feels God revealed that he needed to go, that he should go. 
It says, oh, I'm, gonna, I'm reading it now. While I was there, I met privately with those who, consi- considered, who were considered to be leaders of the church and shared with them the message I'd been preaching to the Gentiles. I wanted to make sure that we were in agreement. And then it says this next thing. It says, Paul says, for fear that all my efforts had been wasted. Now, I think there's a possibility that Paul's saying, for fear that all my efforts have been wasted, going, I know I was right, but I thought you might have been wrong. There's a chance. There's a chance. But possibly, even though we get this picture of Paul, that Paul's like this guy that, I have the message, and I'm going, and I'm preaching it, no matter what you say. I think there's just a chance that Paul actually means what he says here. He says, for fear that all my efforts had been wasted. I just wonder if maybe Paul was in a place where he's thinking, I'm exhausted and and I'm just a little bit confused right now. I'm, I'm, God, what is the message? Have I even been faithful to the message? Have I got confused? Have I got off track? And I think as clear as any of us have the gospel in our minds, in our hearts, we can have that place that we need clarification, that we need a new revelation of what God's done. The world takes its toll on us sometimes. Anyone else in that boat ever? (laughs) I just wonder if Paul really is thinking, have I run this race for nothing? That's actually what he says next. Have I run this race for nothing? But he goes and he he shares and he talks with the leaders in Jerusalem. You know, Paul's first port of call was God. God was his source. God was his strength. God was his, the, the, the source of his message. God was the one he turned to. But Paul also recognized God's ability to work in and through others to speak to him. He recognized that it's good to be in relationship, that God works as we talk together. I think it's really important that we recognise that there's different levels of communication. A, bit, a little bit like I was saying before, we can, we can talk about information, we can talk about the weather, we can talk about what we did last week, we can talk about information stuff. Guys are really good at this. And we can talk about thoughts. We can talk about the things that, oh, I, I think this team's going to win the grand final. Or, I think we should do this. Or, I think the weather will be like this tomorrow. And that's putting it out there. If you say you think the weather's going to be nice on Tuesday and it's not nice, I'll have got my hopes up for Tuesday for nothing. And when we share our our thoughts, it's a little more dangerous than just talking about information. Information is concrete. It's, It's often factual. But thoughts are what we think about things. And it gets a little bit scarier. But then we move on and we talk about feelings. You know, I I think it's going to be rainy tomorrow and that makes me feel sad. Not really, but... (laughs) We we have thoughts, but then there's another level to our our communication with people that we can talk about how things make us feel. I, I feel like this when I see that happening because I think like this. And probably there's less people we, we go to that level in our conversation with people. But even deeper than that is, is our beliefs. It's what we believe and, and the things that, that determine who we are, the, the things that we believe that, that motivate us to go on in life, it's, it's our beliefs. And I wonder how many people do we talk about those things with? 
God help us to share our belief in God and how it's changed our worldview and, and, and to let people into that secret place. Some people have told me that in times gone by, religion was a personal thing and it shouldn't be talked about because it's personal. So don't, just don't talk about that, but that's a lie. I believe that's a lie of the enemy because he wants the message to say, say quiet. He wants it to be a secret. God wants us to share what we believe. I believe people are crying out for something to believe in. People are searching for something to believe in. Another way you could say it is, and I was reminded of this by someone just the other day, uh, there's things that we know about ourselves and there's things that others know about us. It's common knowledge. There's things that we know about ourselves, but we keep it secret. There's other things, believe it or not, that other people know about you that you don't know. Isn't that a scary thought? I wonder whether you all know about me. Anyway. <laughs> and then there's other things that you don't know, I don't know. I don't know, I understand myself sometimes, but God knows those things about me. He knows all things about me. But God help us to share ourselves with others more and to let other people speak into our lives that, that we can grow as a person, that we don't just say, oh, how dare you say that and walk away and throw it off. Proverbs is full of verses and, and, and encouraging us to not despise discipline, to not despise instruction, but to cling to it. Better a rebuke from a friend than a kiss from an enemy. Let's, let's love discipline and instruction. And everyone said, Amen. Yeah, they're excited. It's, it's the open self. Thank you. In Galatians chapter 6, where we began our series at the end of the book, Paul points out that it's you who are godly, help one another. You who are godly, anyone who has been saved by grace, who is a, a believer in Christ, you are called to be one that helps others stay on the right path. And that means speaking into one another's lives. It doesn't mean just saying nice things, it means getting close, about talking not just about information and and things, and how the week was. It means talking about, what do you believe about this? Because I, I think something you're believing there is not quite right, because what you just said is this. But I wonder how easy do we find it to speak the truth in love like that? I don't find it easy. <laughs> it's a challenge. God has called us to speak the truth in love. There was some research done a while back and you, I think I told you the one about the monkey and they put the monkey in the cage and they shake the cage and the monkey gets, gets stressed. It's a pretty cool experiment. But anyway, they put another monkey in the cage with the monkey and the monkey's stress levels drop by like 70%. Anyway, I've told you that one. There's another experiment they did with people this time. Don't worry, they didn't put them in the cage and shake it. It's <laughs> I'm sure they were uni students and they offered free movie tickets. But uh, they, they got these people to come in and they sit down and, and, and they say, in the next 10 seconds, you are going to get a small electric shock. And they keep talking and they get <laughs> zap. And meanwhile, they're, they're measuring their stress levels. And I think, what a cruel experiment and who said yes to doing this? <laughs> and they do this to all these people, they measure their stress levels. And then they, 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 they do something different. They, they bring the person in, but one of the researchers sits with them and holds their hand. And just having this stranger sit with them 
while they sit there, they hear, in the next 10 seconds, you're going to get a small zap. <laughs> and by the way, it wasn't a small zap. Um, and just some, oh, what do you think might have happened when they had this person sitting with them, just holding their hand? Their stress levels stayed absolutely the same. It did nothing. But then they did the experiment again. They brought someone in who was one of their friends and they sat down. Same thing happened in the next 10 seconds. You're going to get a zap. I should have put this on the seat or something. It made you all get a zap. You'd remember the message, wouldn't you? <laughs> but uh, they got them to hold the hand of a friend. Don't worry, I haven't done it. <laughs> and uh, they held their friend's hand and they got the zap. And you know what happened to their stress levels? It was practically immeasurable. It just didn't affect them. I, pro I think they probably just sat there and looked at each other and just laughed, like, what was that? <laughs> we can do life with people. But if we don't let people in to that secret place, if we don't let people become more than just acquaintances, we will be more stressed and we will feel alone even when we have someone beside us holding our hand. You can have someone holding your hand, you can have someone offering to support you, but if you don't let them in, you'll feel more alone and more stressed. God offers his love to each one of us. God wants to be our strength, our support. But if we don't let him in, I get stressed. <laughs> I'm so stupid sometimes. I think, why didn't I ask you to help me with this before, God? Why didn't I cast my cares on you two weeks ago about this issue? <laughs> God offers his hand. People offer their hand to us, but do we let them in? Now, I'm not trying to say if you feel alone, it's your own fault, you've ignored people. Sometimes we try and find help. We try and find someone to talk to, and it just feels like they're not hearing us. And I understand that. But please don't give up on trying. Don't give up on the human race and think that no one cares and no one wants to listen because one person didn't. Or maybe a group of people didn't. They didn't understand. I listened to a message through the week. Um, he was talking about flying. And has anyone flown before? Had a few flown? Anyone flown alone before? You're flying somewhere? Yep. I, I find that just a, a little bit... Um, just a, it just makes me just a little bit nervous. I was in... Uh, in um, what country was I? The Philippines, by myself. And I had some flights to catch. And uh, it was just thought in me, I'm thinking, I'm in a foreign country, many thousand kilometres from home. What will I do if the person that's supposed to pick me up doesn't arrive? <laughs> what will I do? Any, anyone had that nervous feeling? Oh, it's happened? <laughs> PNG? No. no. Okay. <laughs> oh, thank you, Lord, they turned up. Anyway. If you've flown anywhere, you, you, the plane lands, uh, what's the first thing you do? Praise the Lord, I've landed safely, amen. <laughs> you might look for your bags. If, if, you're, if you're a guy, maybe this isn't just for guys, but um, one of the first things I tend to do is I, I reach in my pocket, I pull out my phone, and I take it off flight mode, because I want to know if the person's there ready to pick me up. <laughs> and, and, and we turn our phones on. And what happens when you turn your phone on after you've had it off or you've had it on flight mode? It starts searching for network. It starts searching for a connection point. And if you've flown to another nation where you don't know what the network is, 
You don't know if you're going to connect or not. And you're thinking, but I've got to call this person and see if they're going to pick me up. And that's a bit scary. Anyway, I'm getting too dug into that. There's four things that can happen when we look for a connection with our phones and in life. We can search for a network, search for a connection point and have no network found. You can be, like in a foreign nation, you, your, your phone just isn't compatible. There's just no signal coming in. And we can get to a place in our life at times when we just feel like there's no network found, there's no connection point. You feel disconnected, you feel like there's no one you can call. And I think it's the loneliest thing to be in a crowd and feel alone. The second way we can go is that we get that little roaming signal on your phone. You've got a connection, but it is dangerous. It costs a lot of money to be roaming. And you know what? In life, we can search for connections and we can find them in all different kinds of places. We can try and find people to listen, people to support us. We can find things to try and make us feel better. And it might, for a time, you'll get a connection, you'll get a, a bit of communication, you'll get a bit of a high, but then there's a, a payment to be made because you've been roaming. I think people get in adulterous relationships because they're roaming, they're just looking for a connection. People turn to drugs, people listen to gossip and get involved in gossip, people look at pornography, people get addicted to sport because they're looking for a connection. They're just searching, they're just searching for a connection. The third way it can go is we can have a limited connection. We have, it's like we've connected but you sort of call and then it drops out and then you try and text and the sent message won't send. It can be the same in life that we connect with people and it's a good connection but we just never sort of get past just that little bit of information. We never get to our thoughts, we never get to our feelings, we never talk about our beliefs. And I think as Christians we can get together for fellowship and it doesn't get any more godly than watching the football. God help us to connect at a deeper level than just information. You know, you, you and I can be the answer that helps someone to connect with someone in a positive way that stops them going down a path that, where, the, where those Galatians might have gone if Paul hadn't said, what are you doing? You can be a Paul to those Galatians. You can stop them going searching and roaming for other things to make them feel good. You can be used by God in that way that we find a real connection. A connection to God, a connection with one another, that we, we, we know each other, we share our lives, we pray for each other, we support each other. And that's a beautiful thing. I, I'm so blessed by my wife. I was just saying to her the other day that I, we just, I feel like we know everything about each other. And the struggles we go through, the, and I, I'm so blessed by that. But I tell you what, it's vulnerable to get to that place. And there's, there's, there's a, I'm jumping ahead, there's a fear of rejection when we get vulnerable with one another. And at times when you get vulnerable with people and the people hurt us more deeply than we have ever experienced. But please, don't let that hurt stop you from letting God go deeper and you go deeper with other people. God wants to bring healing. I think it's so sad that the church can be known as the most judgmental group of people. I think it's 
So, so, so sad. When Jesus, the founder of the church, came not to condemn but to seek and save those who were lost, he sought connection. He, he prayed for the, the prostitute. He, he loved the tax collector. God, help us communicate that kind of love and not cut off that connection that people th- feel like, how could I ever go there? I'm like this. God, help us to be ones that are vulnerable, that offer that connection in a healthy way. I love Paul's attitude. He talks about, I would rather boast in my weaknesses. So many times I read about Paul and he's saying, I'd rather boast about my weaknesses and let Christ's power be all the more evident. And it's so encouraging. I I believe there would be no one here this morning that wasn't encouraged by what Joe shared with us before. Because when we're vulnerable, when we talk about our struggles and how God has helped us through those things, it's an encouragement to those around us. Please, be vulnerable. Let people hear your struggles because they're going through them too. The only difference between kids and adults is that we pretend we don't have the same problems. I'm getting on to another area. but <laughs> Let's just have a look at Galatians chapter 2 as we come to a finish. Verse 3 to 10. Galatians 2. This is what happened when Paul went and connected with the leaders. After that time when he was afraid that maybe he'd just been preaching in vain, this is what happens. And they supported me. Isn't that beautiful? Just, just that. And they supported me. When someone, someone is vulnerable and open with you, just support them. Support them, love them, and speak a lot of truth and a lot of love. And they supported me and did not even demand that my companion Titus be circumcised, though he was a Gentile. Even that question came up only because of some so-called believers there, false ones really, who were secretly brought in. They sneaked in to spy on us and take away the freedom we have in Christ Jesus. They wanted to enslave us and force us to follow their Jewish regulations. But we refused to give in to them for a single moment. We wanted to preserve the truth of the gospel message for you. And the leaders of the church had nothing to add to what I was preaching. By the way, their reputation as a great leader made no difference to me, for God has no favourites. I think he's got his confidence back. Instead... They saw that God had given me the responsibility of preaching the gospel to the Gentiles, just as he had given Peter the responsibility of preaching to the Jews. For the same God who worked through Peter as the apostle to the Jews also worked through me as the apostle to the Gentiles. In fact, James, Peter and John, who were known as pillars in the church, recognized the gift God had given me and they accepted Barnabas and me as their co-workers. They encouraged us to keep preaching to the Gentiles while they continued their work with the Jews. Their only suggestion was that we keep on helping the poor, which I have always been eager to do. You know, when we open our lives to other people, when we let people into that secret place, there's an opportunity for a fear of humiliation. There is that possibility. But even greater than those things is we have an opportunity for a new revelation. As you get together with people and read the Word, we were talking about the other day that you read something and you say something and someone goes, oh wow, that made me just realise this is like this and then that person goes, oh but if that's true then so is this and 
And this amazing revelation that God brings as we discuss the word, as we talk together. This clarification brought. Paul says, and they recognize the, God, the gift God had given me. And as you meet with other believers, they'll, they'll affirm the things that maybe you're thinking, oh, I think I should do this. And they'll be going, yes, what are you talking about? Joe, you should sing. You should sing. <laughs> amen. And everyone said, Amen. <laughs> there's clarification brought because as we, as we share our life people can say yes I can see that in you and they can say you're right you shouldn't do that it's probably not wise for you to do that there's clarification brought and there's unification as we share our lives as we share our beliefs our thoughts, our feelings we can come alongside each other and there's a, there's a unity that in marriage, there's a, there's a unity that without the, the depth of relationship, that wouldn't be there. And in the church, I believe it's God's plan that we have a unity that comes from a, a, a strong bond between one another. And there's edification. It's so encouraging when we let people in, that we let people speak to us. I have, a, I have mentors all over the place. They don't necessarily know I'm being mentored by them, but some people I go and see, I go and visit, some people I just listen to their messages, and I find people that can speak into my life, and we all need to find people that can speak into our lives. I ask the band to come. Let's not change the message. Let's, as, as Paul did, keep proclaiming the true message. Let's seek revelation and clarification unification and edification that we might boldly go forward knowing what God has called us to. Let's not deviate from faith in Jesus. It's faith in Jesus that saves, but you know what? He wants to help us in this life as well. He wants us to do life with him. Let's not live in isolation. Invite people in. Invite God in day by day. He is our strength. got more things to say there, but I'm, I, just, I just want to read Ecclesiastes 4, verse 12. It says, a person standing alone, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple-braided cord is not easily broken. And you know, you have God to call on always. But let's call on one another to pray, to support us, to invite them in. And this morning, if you just feel like this is something you need to step into, I want you to do that. I want you to turn to the person beside you and say, hey, can you pray for me? This is something I need to work on. This is something I need God's help with. And we're going to stand right now and we're going to sing. I want just to invite you to ask someone, invite someone in to pray for you if you know this is something you need today. And we've just changed the words a little bit of the song this morning. Thanks, guys. I did that for a short notice. We're going to sing... Not I will walk through the fire, but we will walk through the fire. Walk through the darkest night, we will walk through the flood. We won't be overcome. Let's not do this journey on our own. We are called to be the body of Christ. Let's stand and let's sing.